0: Hit it! Hello and welcome to this is the play sports the podcast. It's good to be with you again. Hey, there's a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, why waste any time? Let's let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So first quarter. Um, obviously you guys know the format. We talk four quarters, four topics of discussion. We're gonna implement a new halftime segment as well. Uh, special guest, big treat for for all you listeners out there. Uh, Then we'll do our parting shots to to close out here. But first quarter, I think we're going to save probably the best story for maybe after halftime. Let's start with the first quarter. We're going to talk Utah Jazz. They're going to be kicking off their regular season of the 2022-2023 campaign this week on Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. I think I've asked you this every week that we've talked about the Jazz up to now. I'll ask you again. How excited are you? about the start of the season, or the season in general, I should say.
1: I think I'd be more excited to watch two guys fish than watch a Utah Jazz game this year. I uh, anticipate the Denver Nuggets, if they want to get off to a good start, will probably be 1-0 in the Jazz 0-1 later this week.
0: I think that's a pretty good prediction. Um, And in regards to your fishing comment, I think it would depend maybe who the fishers are, the fishermen. Um, I think
1: if the fish are biting and
0: if the fish are biting, but I I think maybe in any event, it might be more interesting than, than what the jazz put up. Um, I don't think it's any secret. The jazz, uh, retooled their roster trading away almost every starter with the exception of Mike Conley. Uh, they're, they're, they're going for the tank. Um, and yeah, I do think the nuggets are going to win the first game. I think the nuggets are probably going to be one of those sleeper teams in the Western conference. Um, so I expect them to throttle the Jazz early and often in the game on Wednesday. Um, and then here's the interesting thing. they, they don't, The Jazz aren't going to have to wait long to, to see an old friend uh, because the very next game on Friday, they head north to the Twin Cities where they'll face Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, that's going to be real interesting to see how he and Carl Anthony Towns uh, can play together. Uh, But they were excited to get him, and they obviously gave up a lot to get him. Mm -hmm. And so that should be interesting. But the Jazz, um, boy, it's a tough sell. I know they had uh, one of their preseason games earlier this year. They, From what I understand, barely drew about 8,000 fans to the game. There doesn't seem to be a lot of excitement here. And maybe that'll change if they end up getting one of the first two draft picks, especially the number one draft pick. Uh, But uh, it, it could be a long winter
0: yeah, and I, I think what's so funny is like, I think we we've, we've gotten so used to being so excited about the Jazz as of late. I mean, how how often you know the last two summers did we did we go into the regular season thinking, oh, this will be the year they break through. They're not going to break through this year. They're they're going for the basement, really. Um, and the other thing that kind of strikes me as funny about this Jazz season, um, I don't know if you knew this, I don't know if you remember this, but the Jazz are hosting the NBA All Star Game this year. Um, have you seen any marketing promotional materials gone out about that?
1: Just a little bit. It's going to be expensive regardless of how good or bad the jazz are. Tickets to the NBA all-star game are not cheap.
0: Here, here's my question for you. Will the jazz have a representative in that game?
1: I can't see possibly maybe the trainer.
0: The trainer might, yeah, yeah, the, he might, I don't know who he is, but he, I'm sure he's good.
1: You know, I think uh, the Carl uh, Malone, John Stockton co-MVP thing, not going to happen this year because when you have zero guys in the All-Star game, uh, it'll be interesting. And, you know, I i was thinking about the All-Star game a little bit, and I think it may end up being a uh, LeBron James tribute
0: game. Mm, could be. You think this could be one of his last All-Star games? Yeah,
1: I know he wants to play with Bronny and play in the NBA and all that, but... Uh, you know, at his age and with the things he's got going, uh you never know when his last All Star game will be. And if it if for some reason this is it, then uh Utah will be fortunate to host one of the greatest players of all time, maybe in his last All-Star game.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be cool. I I I think even here I, I, I do have a, a prediction for you. And it kinda coincides with my other uh prediction that I have for the Jazz season. I think Jordan my, my one prediction was that Jordan Clarkson's going to start the year with the Jazz, and he'll finish with with uh, with another team? He'll be traded at the deadline. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets an All Star nod because he's going to be shooting twenty shots a game. His his stats are going to be inflated. I'm sure they're going to. You know, Ryan Smith is going to lobby for at least one Jazz man to represent the the team in front of the home crowd. So, my prediction is Jordan Clarkson will be the Jazz's lone All Star.
1: I think that's a possibility. And let's remember too, the NBA all-star game is not really contingent on the home crowd being happy. Uh, You're seeing the greatest players of the game come to your city for the game. Uh, It's not really something that most of us can afford to go to. A lot of those tickets are corporate giveaways to, to have big sponsors and that. So it'll be fun, but, uh, you know, I could see that happening and heck if Mike Conley can be an all-star one year, uh, why can't Jordan Clarkson?
0: I don't think that'll happen for Conley again. I think, I think, uh, his better years are behind him, but anyway, so let's, let's let the jazz season about to be underway. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on to quarter two. Um, again, let's save, let's save the best story of the week for, for another quarter. Let's, let's heighten the suspense here. Uh, we're going to talk a little college football here. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. I think this is something that might have, may, have, may have slipped under the radar for most people. But there's an undefeated football team in the, in the state of Utah right now.
1: Are you aware of that? I am uh, simply because uh, we live in Centerville. We live uh, short distance away from Ogden, Utah. We're home of the Weber State Wildcats.
0: Mm-hmm. Weber State, the lone undefeated team in the state right now. They're 6-0. They're ranked 5th in the country in uh, FCS play. Uh, not to mention, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a really good season for them. I know they kind of had a down year last year, a couple of losses that they don't typically have in, in the Jay Hill era. Um, this year though, it seems like they are, they're firing on all cylinders, including a, a pretty big Bowl esque win, uh, over Utah state at, in Logan. So
1: yeah, that game is huge. You know, if you think about it, that Weber state went up to Logan and beat the Aggies 35 to seven. I mean. It's unheard of. So kudos to the Wildcats for pulling that one off. And it,
0: it just shouldn't happen. Is is like the reality, right? Right. As much as like Weber State is a great FCS school, um, they have you know pretty nice facilities for that level of football. We Utah State should not be getting blown out by them. It was it's kind, it was kind of a disastrous game for the Aggies, but really, I think it probably speaks more to how good Weber State is now at this point.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bolt, you know, obviously uh, Utah State saying that, you know, th- this game would be like the Super Bowl for Weber State, and Weber State went up and made it like the Super Bowl. They had a super time up there, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that bus ride back to Lo- Ogden was uh, a lot of fun, but, you know, that was impressive. And, you know, in Utah State, you know, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit. They've had injury to Logan Bonner, and <clears throat> but they pulled off a couple— uh, Nice wins in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Uh, they
0: beat Air Force and uh, Colorado State most recently.
1: And they're the defending Mountain West champions. So for Weber State, that was quite quite a W. And uh be interesting to see how they do as they get into the meat of the uh, Big Sky Conference. They can keep winning in that. And, uh, you know, we know Jay Hill, and he's a great guy, and he's got a great staff up there. And they work hard, and uh, it's kind of fun to watch uh, watch them progress and— Especially, you know, after last year when Utah, Utah State, and BYU all had great years, and Weber was down a little bit, roles are kind of reversed. That you know, not severely, but fact is, Weber State's back. Uh, they they, they didn't get, the get to be
0: in that conversation of like the the great, great teams. Teams, the great teams we had last year. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think another thing we have, to, if we're talking about Weber State, we also have to talk about Weber State alums. Had a big week in the NFL last week. Um, Taron Johnson plays quarterback, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. Picked off Patrick Mahomes in the last minute of the the game and a big win over the Chiefs. Um, also, probably the bigger story was a guy named Rashid Shaheed who scored on his first ever NFL touch in yes. the New Orleans Saints uh, loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Did a little jet sweep uh, around the corner and uh, took it home for 44 yards for his for a touchdown on his first touch.
1: Yeah, the guy's got wheels. You know, he has wheels at Weber State. He is a well-known guy, and it's nice to see him get that opportunity in the NFL.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, especially a lot of local people around here, you know, typically tune in to State's games, hoping to see a bit of Taysom Hill magic. You know, they also got a little bit of a, a Weber State guy uh, finding the end zone, so that was pretty exciting. Um, we should mention, um, not going to touch too much on it, but BYU also played – last week they had a uh, kind of a kind of a tough loss to um to arkansas they lost fifty two to thirty five uh they've got serious concerns about the defense i think um colonius might need to make a change there
1: well you know that was you know it's just one game and they play liberty this week which will be a challenge Liberty's a good football team they only have one loss uh they won game at old Dominion they lost to uh uh, Wake Forest, uh, when the two-point conversion failed, or they'd be undefeated right now. And they've had some injuries uh, at quarterback and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see if the combination of Liberty being a little shorthanded or having to do things on the fly offensively, uh, how it'll fare against a BYU defense that's obviously reeling a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think it just kind of speaks to how difficult it is to build a coaching staff with the kind of, uh, restrictions. You know, in place. You know, they need to be members of the church, so they they don't always get. You know, the the. Well t- not necessarily. I you mean, don't agree
1: with that? Uh, the assistants. No, oh, these, he, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. So know that. he. Uh, no, there. You know, I think there's a big panic button being pushed right now. Nobody was talking about how bad BYU's defense was a week ago or a year ago, and you know they'll. Uh, uh, Coach Tuiaki, uh, you know, has been with Kalani for a long time, and and they'll they'll work something. out. Gotcha. Cool.
0: Well, let's take it to halftime. Uh, we got a special treat for you for halftime. Uh, trying to revamp the format here. Um, we're going to have a, just a quick conversation with our, our good friend Jim Burton here for a few minutes in, in the halftime break. Uh, so why don't you, our listeners and viewers, enjoy that, and uh, I'll take a sip of a uh, drink in the meantime.
1: Yeah, and By the way, Jim Burton uh, was a longtime sports writer at the Standard Examiner, covered the Utah Jazz. He was also a sports columnist up there. So he knows his stuff and he uh, knew the jazz well, uh, during, you know, recent years. And, uh, it's interesting, the perspective he's going to share with us on, uh, the state of the Utah jazz.
0: Yeah. So without further ado, here's Jim Burton. My, my first thought
2: I was going to, I was going to do a lot of research and make sure I had a bunch of information on the, on how the jazz are doing this year and what it's going to look like. And I, uh, well, I d- I decided to uh, go another direction. I, I do think uh, if, if I could offer them a suggestion, uh, I would, uh, for this season alone, and hopefully just this season, I would come up with a special slogan for the team and maybe put it on some T-shirts, um, put it on some banners downtown. It would be, Hank, note, Hank, mm-hmm. note. <laughs> You remember a few years ago, it was take note, but we're going to do tank note now because well, they're in the tank mode, and it's uh, I don't know for me personally, I I, I had spent ten years, ten seasons covering the Jazz, and um, the NBA from two thousand five to two thousand fifteen, and um, so I I got to see the Jazz up close. I I, I saw the Jazz, the the Larry Miller, Jerry Sloan. Kevin O'Connor jazz, um, that, uh, and let me throw Darren Williams name in there too. The Darren Williams jazz and, and, um, I, they, they, they went, well, they went a little farther in the playoffs, uh, between, uh, the time I was covering them than the guys have recently. So, um, or at least as far, I guess, um, I, I I'll say this. I, 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 my thought is that I, to put faith in Danny age. Um, but I'm a little frustrated with, uh, with how things are going. Just personally, I've been out of the, uh, out of the NBA loop for a little while, but I will say that, um, you know, and having, having known Jerry and, and, and Larry both, uh, and having had some time to talk with both those guys, over the years uh, I know that th- that was that was just kind of my first thought when when I saw what the jazz were heading for this year and I thought about jerry and and uh and how just absolutely disgusted he would be at the, at the even the very thought of punting you know just kind of as well we're gonna which it certainly seems like that's where the jazz are going. Uh, I thought of Larry would just uh he would not be thrilled about this at all. <laughs> um, those guys played to win, and just the concept of not um it was it was a little frustrating i think it's it's a lot to ask honestly, I think as a pla- if you look at it from the player's perspective, I think I'd have a little bit of hard time with that um, but that's you know we're the, just the idea of you know we're not we're we we're going to go out there and try to win, but we're not going to always give ourselves the best chance to win. And uh, we hope you guys go along with this so we can draft someone that'll take your job. Um, That I just, I I don't think I would sign off on it. I, I know that, uh, that Jerry and Larry, both RIP to both um, would not, would not be thrilled about that would, would not stand for it. So those are my, that that's kind of my initial thought is, is if this, if this, this is something that maybe needs to be done. And I understand that, that this is the way the game is kind of played now. Um, but it doesn't mean you really have to like it. And so I, I it's frustrating for me. Uh, I know that. And I, and I think in terms of, of the fans as well, uh, I know it's frustrating for them too. It's gotta be absolutely has to be frustrating. So um that's probably not five minutes
0: yet but... jimmy you got one minute let's so let's okay let's, let's one minute you to promote your book here
2: okay uh oh you say that do that now sure okay well speaking of the jazz there's a, some uh in this book that i wrote a couple of years ago after uh um after the sports writing career kind of came to an end uh i wrote this book This is a, a, one of those copies they give you not for, not for resale, sorry, uh, sidelined. And it's just a bunch of stories. It's a collection of some fun stories that I, uh, I came up with, uh, or not came up the things that happened to me during my, uh, sports writing career with the, uh, in, in 25 years covering, um all kinds of sports around the, around the state. And, uh, there's some pretty funny stories in there. There's some poignant stories in there. Um, I, I think people will like it. It's on Amazon. You Google the name, uh, Google, or type in my name and, uh, and the uh, name sidelined sidelined and, uh, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll come up, buy it and make me happy.
1: Hey, we've got to do it. You know, I, for disclosure, Jimbo and I worked together for several years, Daily Utah Chronicle, and we crossed paths as professionals. Jimbo at the Standard Examiner, and me at the Deseret News, and we did some work for Associated Press and all that. I take it some of our stories will stay in the vault.
2: Well, there, that's I. I was going to say that you know I put some really some some fun stories in there. Um, there's so many more that didn't make it. Uh, many of them involving Rick Majerus. And uh, some involving majeris and nudity, which I, I, don't, I don't want to go any farther than that.
1: That's two words um, I didn't want to hear crossed together. No,
2: no you don't. But uh, uh, one of these days, maybe on a, a podcast, sometimes I'll spin uh, a yarn about uh, the late great Rick Majeris But yeah, Derek, I, I've, I've spared us uh, some of the times the names have been changed to protect the innocent, so as they say. So, yes.
0: <laughs> the, the Adventures of uh of Rod Fraser or can't or just some kind of pseudonym for you. We'll have to think of it. Anyway, that's true. Uh, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Anyway, Jimbo, we're, before we close out, we're gonna hit you with five rapid fire questions now. Uh, a few are sports related, a few aren't. Um, I guess we'll just start with uh, an old school jazz. Rapid fire, rapid fire. An old school jazz question for you. Um, if you had to pick one of the two. Who would you pick, John Stockton or Carl Malone for your team? Ooh.
2: Um, I love the mailman. The guy's that, the guy was a – This just is rapid. absolute
1: mind. beast. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, Stockton. Stockton, got it. <laughs> okay. okay, number two. Is cereal a soup?
2: No, it's not a soup. It's a breakfast food. <laughs>
0: it's in liquid. There's some sort of liquid form. It's in a bowl. There are chunks. Anyway, so Ooh. that's, that's the argument there. Okay. Uh, third question though, do you keep up with the Kardashians?
2: I don't, unfortunately.
0: Okay.
1: All right, Jimbo. Here's a tough one. Number four, Cheetos or chips?
2: Chips.
0: Okay. And question number five in your mind, who's the real home run MVP or home run King, single season record holder <laughs> is it dirty barry bonds or clean aaron judge or hank aaron? it's cl- well it's for the all
1: time yeah yeah but it's uh, yeah it's thing, hank for the all
2: time and squeaky clean aaron judge who i really like uh, yeah i'm going judge not bonds no way
1: awesome well jim thanks for being our guest um next week we're going to give away a copy of your book and hopefully you'll autograph it for us
2: I certainly would be glad to do that. Yes,
0: awesome, cool. Thanks, Jimbo. Thanks,
2: guys. Good seeing you. Good to see you.
0: Be safe.
1: Thanks, Jimbo.
2: You bet, man. Did I mess up that five minutes thing?
1: No. No, 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 no.
2: Is that what it was supposed to be? Me talking for five minutes?
1: Well, we're we're still getting it. We were we were probably. Not supposed to ask you a few questions along the way. Oh,
2: see, that's I, I just realized that. So, if you well, want to do that one again, I, I'll do it. That's fine. You, but, you
1: handled it well. You you talked about good stuff and everything. I was going to ask you. You, okay. you covered so.
2: Well, I did. I kind of botched that one. So no, sorry. We'll,
1: we'll do this. We'll do this quite often, and then good. Have me on a lot. I love it. It's fun. Let's sell some books, baby. And uh,
2: yes. Uh, <laughs> You do know the, you know, all the Majerus stories anyway.
1: Oh, I do. I I think they, I think people love to hear them.
2: Honest, I remember, you know how old we are now on his 50th birthday was one of those. That was the one in Provo when his buddy said, go in there, go, go ahead and talk to him. (laughs) Majerus went, you can come on in. So anyway, all right, boys. (laughs) The water's
1: good. Okay. (laughs)
0: So big thanks to Jim Burton for joining us for halftime. Um, what what did you use to to refresh yourself during the break?
1: We went to my wife's favorite place, Twisted Sugar, and got one of their fine beverages, and uh, I'm just enjoying it.
0: That's great, cool. I had a little Mountain Dew, so that's uh, that's terrific. Anyway, um, you know we've been we've been giving the listener um, a lot of stuff to to chew on. Um, But let's get probably to the biggest sports story of the last week, Um, obviously being Utah's comfort behind um, victory over USC at Rice-Eccles Stadium in a game that many people are calling the most exciting college football game ever played in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Um,
1: Kyle Whittingham said it, right? Kyle Whittingham
0: said that. You've seen many games at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I've seen many games. I think it's up there. I haven't yet process whether or not it's um it is the it is the most exciting i imagine it probably felt like it what's what's your are you willing to give that game that title
1: you know for excitement yes and the fact that utah went for the two point conversion to win the game made it very exciting against a top 10 team usc a cocky usc team mm-hmm. and uh you know there was a lot riding on it you know you think of other wins you know uh, some of the exciting BYU Utah games, you know, you could argue where maybe were just as exciting, if not more, just given the rivalry and all that. And then Utah's had some big wins over, you know, uh, Michigan and teams that have come th- rolling through. So, but it, it's got to rank up there. And it was an exciting game. And, well, I think the two point conversion kind of set it all. Oh, I mean, yeah. Utah went for the win and they got it. And, uh, Cameron Rising was was amazing when he had two touchdowns passing 415 yards and then he rushed for 60 yards and three scores and he scored the two-point conversion and uh boy what a performance and uh you know Utah looked really really good and uh Left Lincoln Riley uh, a little ticked off when he left. He thought the officiating had something to do with it, but
0: and he's dead wrong. I thought the officiating definitely tilted more in USC's favor. I think they gave them every opportunity possible to win. Um, I, the two point conversion obviously was like the the climax of the excitement. It it reminded me so much of the TCU game in two thousand eight. You remember when when Freddie Brown scored that short t- on that short touchdown pass from Brian Johnson with like 30, like a minute 13 or, or something crazy like that to take the lead. And it ended up, you know, really being the deciding factor in their undefeated season. Um, Do you remember that, that, that Freddie Brown oh, touchdown?
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of excitement, but gosh, the two point conversion though was a gutsy call because, you know, the general rule of thumb, at least people have is that if you're at home, you kick and you it, you're aggressive
0: the, on the road is yeah yeah what they and say.
1: on the road you go for the two but you know Kyle Whittingham uh, as a press conference after said that you know they were gonna they were gonna get in there if there wasn't much time left in the game and they were gonna go for the two-point conversion and and it executed it well and you know, Cameron Rising, I think, is the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week mm-hmm. and won a bunch of National Player uh, of the Week Dalton awards. Dalton
0: Kincaid won a bunch as, as well for and his Dalton performance.
1: Dalton Kincaid, 16 receptions. That's I a mean, lot. That's fantastic. And, um, you know, Braden Daniels, I think, was the Pac-12 uh, Lineman of the Week. Mm-hmm. You know, just a real good week for the Utes, and it obviously enhances their uh, chances of getting back to the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, still going to need a little help. You know, you have to see what UCLA does and what Oregon does. But uh, Utah does play Oregon head-to-head, so they can knock that one out of the park. If they have, you know, if they're tied with the SC and Oregon and they have wins over both, there's your tiebreaker right there. So uh be interesting to see if they end up playing UCLA if they get to that championship game.
0: Yeah, so— Let's talk about the aesthetics of the game um the the helmets with the portraits of ty jordan and aaron Lowe. right real nice touch i thought what yeah. I, I know you're a traditional uniform guy table that for a sec you know what what, what what that whole night was a pretty touching tribute and capped off by a win
1: well those helmets were beautiful and you know they're just that's no other way of saying it it was a nice tribute to the guys and uh i have to think there was a plenty of motivation for the youth to play there <sighs>
0: Yeah, I I know they had a real they they gave the game balls to um to to Aaron and Ty's moms after the game. Um, I'm not going to say too much more because it might make me cry, but yeah, it was it was a really cool night, and um, yeah, it was just the kind of the perfect uh, perfect way to 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 pay tribute to those guys. I think you know there there was definitely like if if you're a spiritual person, I think you you would definitely feel like there was a, a presence there. And uh, it was needed, and I, th- I think it carried the use to the win, and uh, it was it was pretty cool, real so.
1: feel good Saturday upon the hill.
0: Yep, definitely. So uh, let's let's wrap up here with our fourth quarter. We're going to talk a little MLB. Um, you're wearing a Mariners hat right now. Um, Mariners, of course, were swept by the Astros. In, in, in here, here's my takeaway here, from the, the. It's probably the best I've ever felt after seeing the, one of my favorite teams get swept. Is that how you're feeling?
1: Yeah. And then that's the fact. The fact is they got eliminated. Uh, you could argue that the series went four games. Easily. Yeah. Because of the, uh, the long affair in game three. But um Houston looks like they may be the team to beat in the playoffs now. And, uh, you know, just as far as winning the world series and that, but, Seattle uh, gave it all they could. They just couldn't get any runs scored in that last game. But um, you know, the, the sad thing is, is uh, my wife and your mama said we could go to the World Series if the Mariners yeah. made it. We'll have to wait yet, we were yet another joking. year. She thinks we were joking. I don't we, think we were. We no. were going? And we don't get to go. So that's the bummer of it. Yeah, that's tough. But the good thing is, is our our guys finally made the playoffs Mm -hmm. and had a good showing about that. Yeah. They had a good showing. And then boy, let's go over to the national league and who would have thought the Dodgers would get knocked What on earth. Why? How could that happen? And there's a team that would love to beat them more than anybody. And it may be the San Diego Padres with the Southern California rivalry there. Yep. And the fact that the Dodgers have kind of owned them in recent years. So it was kind of exciting to see the, the Padres celebrate and enjoy but then you think about the Padres and they got Soto. I mean, they Machado, they spent plenty of money they've themselves. They've spent tons of money. Yeah. yeah. So it's like okay, which billionaire boys club do you like from the loss?
0: Yeah, it would have been a lot more fun if someone like the the Pod or like the Pirates or someone had. Right. You know, been able to you know that would never happen
1: but and what about the Phillies you know yeah. knocking off the defending champs so mm-hmm. uh, you know I know Atlanta was not the same team without Freddie Freeman right but they were good enough to uh, get as far as they did so there' some good young guys yeah they're a tough out and uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, uh, if Harper and the guys can get get to the World Series you know because that's another team that's spent some money over the recent years and uh you know Phillies Padres I mean who would have thought it but uh yeah. it could be an intriguing and it could go six or seven games
0: yeah we won't know who will play the Astros quite yet because uh the Yankees game got delayed due to rain tonight right um it would be very it would be kind of funny if the Yankees lost um, oh
1: that would you know the Guardians I mean stupid name but uh the Guardians could be uh, a in, Guardians
0: uh, Phillies world yeah. series. I don't think is anything anybody would have predicted. So
1: no, it's something that sounds like it should have happened in the fifties or sixties. Yeah. You know, the, the Cleveland Indians versus the Philadelphia Phillies. But, yeah. uh, you know, now the the guardians, it's a little rebranding and, uh, you know, I just don't know if anybody can get past the Houston Astros. They look so dominant against the Seattle Mariners and uh they seem to use, hitting, they seem to pitching. have the best
0: pitching yeah I and mean, i think that'll carry the day
1: and so that you know houston may be the team to beat uh, you know considering uh, we know three of the four teams in there and even if the yankees get there uh, i think they're going to have a tough time with houston
0: yeah i I, th- I think when the pitching gets hot i think it's hard to overcome and i think houston's pitching seems pretty pretty lights posted out right a now. lot
1: of goose eggs against the Mariners. They
0: posted 17 or 18 innings of goose eggs, uh, in game three. So good for them. All right. It's cool. So, uh, let, us just take a second here. Um, are you, do you want to reconfigure your world series prediction? Who, who do you, who do you think is going to win the world? Oh, series?
1: Reconfigure, you know, as much as I'm not a big Houston Nationals fan, especially after the, the allegations that surfaced in recent years about them not being, uh, well, the, the garbage and cans up. and all that. Come on, on, the garbage cans and that. So, but I think Houston is the team to beat. The team I'd like to see win it. Uh, it'd be kind of cool if the San Diego Padres won the World Series. Yeah. Okay.
0: I think I'm gonna agree with you there. I think I think that's the way I stand. Cool. So four quarters in the books. Um, uh, big big thanks to Jim Burton again for joining us for the halftime segment. Um, let's, uh, let's just do some parting shots and we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, what, what do you have for a parting shot?
1: My parting shot today is on Kyle Whittingham. You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot's been made of the his tenure as coach. He's the winningest coach in Utah history. And I think one of the more interesting things is with the win over Lincoln Riley, you know, some of the high profiled, highest paid coaches in the game today, Kyle's beaten them all. He beat Nick Saban in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama. He beat Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. So, uh, Utah, you got a treasure there and you should enjoy him. And, uh, you know, he's got a perfect record against those high priced, uh, high profile coaches.
0: I'm going to do two parting shots. Um, my first parting shot, uh, we don't really acknowledge this team very much because we're not soccer fans. We're unapologetically not soccer fans. Um, but I think we need to acknowledge that uh, Real Salt Lake kind of had a, a really exciting rally to finish the year to, to qualify for the playoffs. Um, I know last night they uh, were ultimately eliminated in penalty kicks by Austin FC, something like that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, your mom and I watched the... Uh, Whoa, get out. Yeah, no we way. We actually watched the I, end th- of that.
0: That shocks I i am I am almost falling out of my seat right now. I in the real watch
1: the end of regulation and we watched the uh, thirty minute uh, the stoppage time whatever overtime they call it, the whatever the time and then the shootout. and you know they just they looked like they were out of gas. They gave yeah. it all they had, and I think people should be proud and it would have been interesting if they snuck through again like they did last year because they barely got in the playoffs last year and made quite a run in the postseason. yeah. They had it this year. A red card really, really hurt them at the end of, the, towards the end of the game because yeah, they were a playing down. a man down, and they still forced it all the way to a shootout. And uh, I just can't believe my wife and I watched it. I
0: I can't believe it either. Okay, um, so it, it, my thought on Real was just you know, it seems like the the change in ownership is going to be a good thing. Um, I had never heard a lot of good things about the previous ownership. Um, in terms of the way people were treated and and all that, so it seems like the new ownership under he built uh, good
1: houses, supposedly,
0: yeah, sure. Um, under uh, David Blitzer and Ryan Smith uh, and Dwayne Wade is going to be a lot better for that that team and and for the fans who support them around here. Uh, my second parting shot. Um, what was it? I th- it, oh, it was uh, yeah, NFL talk. Uh, I think we need to talk about how Brian Johnson, uh, former Utah. Great is doing an unbelievable job um, as the quarterbacks coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's turned Jalen Hurts into probably the be- one of the best players in football right now, and I, I I'm sure a huge part of that credit um, has to go to BJ, has to go to uh, Brian Johnson. And um, I think we talk about this all the time. Like it's probably only a, only a matter of years, very a very short amount of time until he becomes. Head coach, either the collegiate level or possibly even in the NFL.
1: Yeah, well, and let's not forget who he coached in college too, Dax Prescott. Yeah, that of course. Was, I mean, yeah, Mississippi so, State. So you could argue that two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, uh, were under his uh, tutelage. And yeah. So, um. Now Brian Johnson, he's a great guy. Uh, he did a great job at Utah. You know, he uh, stepping in to replace Alex Smith was not easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was able to, you know, get them to the Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl MVP. Yep. And, uh, you know, his pro career never really panned out. But, uh, you know, he became a coach and offensive coordinator at Utah. Probably a little too
0: young for that job then. But, yeah, has...
1: But moved on, you know, and and picked up some things along the road and uh, ended up in the NFL, and uh, he's doing great.
0: Yep. So his stock is flying high, so... Anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of This is the Play Sports, the podcast. Um, I, for, I, You know what I forgot to do at the start of the show? What's that? I forgot to introduce who we were to new listeners, in case we have new listeners. Oh. I'm, I'm Austin Facer, uh, joined by Dirk Facer here, uh, the old man, my dad. Uh, we're a couple of uh, professional sports writers uh, here in Utah, father and son duo. Um, we think we're pretty funny. We think we're pretty clever. I
1: don't know. We are. We are. In- and we are.
0: By the way, we don't just think that. We are.
1: But, no, we appreciate you listening and uh, going to our website, thisistheplacesports.com. Um, we've got links to everything, or, or, or original sports content. and uh, uh, We get
0: our dogs to help record videos with us, so a, a uh, lot of a fun podcast. stuff. Yeah,
1: so it's a lot of things. We're a one-stop shop, and, uh, again, appreciate it and tell your friends.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to have a drawing for Jimbo's book next week, so – uh, make sure you head to the bottom of our uh, page. This is playsports.com. There's a email. There's a submission form there. Uh, ask for your email address and your physical address. We're not gonna bug you at your physical address. We just need to know where to send the book to.
1: And we're gonna spin the wheel. We're gonna spin the wheel winner. and
0: determine a winner next week. So make sure you sign up.
1: And thanks for tuning
0: in.